0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Sam Claiborne. This new set. And Justin Davis. Scoop. We've got a great show for you this week. I know last week uh, I said that uh, episode 600 was coming up, but then I remembered... Foolish me, I remember that it's unlucky to have a 600th episode the week before Halloween. So, mm-hmm. we're going to mm-hmm. save 600 for next week. Uh, and this is just an episode of Game Scoop. Not a numbered episode, it's an episode. Yeah. You didn't find oh, out like which the- one we missed? Oh, I know which one we missed, because that, okay. that one is also unlucky. Oh, oh that's right. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like the White Album. Yeah.
1: So, now we're going to be off by two?
0: No, we're, we're exactly no, we're not-
2: where, we're, where we're supposed to be. Okay. This is the self-titled episode of GameScoop, right? Exactly. It's just called yeah. GameScoop,
0: GameScoop, the, the podcast formerly known as <laughs> GameScoop. Scoop of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still going to be a great show. We're going to talk about the biggest achievements that we saw over this generation of gaming as, as, we, as we this generation goes over the horizon as, as the sun sets and we begin to do generation. Whoa, some, I'm hearing some interesting issues there. It might have been me. I'm a, I'm gonna mute for a sec, but I'll stay here. Okay. Well, you're, in the, you're, you're not muted. <laughs> uh, Nintendo just announced they are uh, localizing one of their older games for the first time ever, which is pretty exciting for gamers of a certain ilk, like myself. I don't think it's exciting for anybody. <laughs> I'm excited, and Pear's is excited. Yeah, I saw Pear is excited. That's true. But first, uh, a little Hobbit humor. Okay. So, Bilbo Baggins <laughs> was suddenly awoken by somebody singing Don't Stop Believin'. It was an unexpected journey. Okay. All right. Okay. So, Good.
2: Because,
1: and are going to break into song and dance.
2: Because <laughs> Journey the band wrote Don't Stop Believing." Thank
3: you for explaining. For
1: bringing it home. The, the, best,
3: the best jokes are the ones you explain afterwards. I've mm-hmm. mm-hmm. always said that.
0: Uh, we begin with uh, listener emails, so let's go ahead and check in with the listeners. Hey, hey listeners. listeners! Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at aijin dot com, just like Baker did. And First Baker of all, says
2: this is the most efficient show ever. we are no. just—we're almost at <laughs> <to> twenty questions. <laughs>
0: I'm just—that's what you can do when it's not a numbered episode. You really—you freeze you up.
2: It's not it's even, even an episode.
0: episode. Damn it. <laughs> You know what we should do?
3: Uh, uh, every April Fool's Day in my house, we eat the meals backwards. So we have like spaghetti for breakfast. Oh, my god! It's crazy. So I think that we should do that next April. Okay.
2: You know, one day breakfast. your daughters are going to catch on that you're not doing ice cream for breakfast.
1: <laughs> That's true. You really should be starting with dessert.
2: Yeah. They got to eat their growing foods first, even
0: on a silly day. <laughs> <laughs> I do like idea of starting with 20 questions, but working backwards. So
1: <laughs> give us the Yeah, exactly. What are the questions that are associated? It's Jeopardy version. Look, and I mean, don't
2: know if you guys have noticed this either, but we're getting the the laugh track of John Borba right now, which is like, like my it, favorite yeah. thing ever. Yeah. I think we should keep it.
0: I think so too. I think so too. because
2: he's definitely laughed at my jokes, which I really appreciate. This
0: episode, of, this episode of This episode of GameScript was filmed in front of a studio audience of one. <laughs> uh okay baker email from baker who says okay i was a diehard 360 gamer but in 2012 i got sucked into the tabletop board game scene and ended up entirely skipping the xbox one and ps4 generation cool now i'm coming back and managed to successfully land an xbox series s pre-order that's very impressive pretty excited since even the launch games will feel next gen to me since i haven't played anything since 2013 ish in preparation, I have resubscribed to GameScoop to try and get reacclimated <laughs> to the current gaming landscape. Uh, I'm curious what y'all would say are some of the major advancements, graphically, user interface, peripherals, etc., that have happened in the last seven years I've been gone, besides the obvious that it all just looks better. Mm. Mm. Great question.
2: So hair uh, looks better, faces look worse.
0: Is that true? I know they still haven't really gotten lip syncing for the most part.
2: Well, it's it's uncanny valley, right? The the closer you yeah. get to realistic <laughs> bases, the the weirder they they weird you out.
1: And also, hair hasn't really begun to look better. Once they can get long hair working well, then we know mm. we're at a good juncture with video games and graphics.
2: I thought mm. Final Fantasy VII had some pretty good stubble
0: in it. Mm. Good stubble. Yeah
1: yeah the reason why long hair is difficult is just because of physics like it'll start clipping into your shoulders so people always like you'll see like you know female characters with long hair it's always up in a ponytail or something like to, to yeah. kind of distract from that that's been their solution so that's my barometer because we got water down water's pretty water's looking yeah, pretty good this water's looking
2: great yeah, yeah ponytails are looking good too if you have to yeah. put hair at some some format you might as well just ponytail it the ponytail is also practical
1: that's true because sure. video games are definitely known for practical wear
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well i've had a ponytail before in my life and it never clipped into my shoulder
1: that's because you live in the real world
0: <laughs> that's i think that's kind of a that's kind of a picture didn't happen scenario
2: you are you know, uh, not seeing me with long hair huh when did uh-huh. i start ign okay well,
1: seven
0: minutes. or eight yeah i'm
1: gonna need to eat on a potato first yeah for sure <laughs>
0: Tina, has uh, hair? Has hair improved since 2013's Tomb Raider reboot? Maybe no, it wasn't 2013, 2012. Yeah,
1: not, not really. I it like Final Fantasy VII did have some interesting hairstyles and some longer hair. Like Tifa had longer hair and it was down, so that was okay. I think they just parted it specifically. So yes,
0: to a degree. Those bees
2: look really good in Super Mario Galaxy.
0: <laughs> They're very hairy. <laughs> oh yeah, um, did you ever come down on whether or not the bees have fur? or it's, it, it's yeah, called fur exactly
2: yeah it's, i saw it's, a very furry spider yesterday and it freaked me out um i think what we're kind of beating around here is that games have hit like a point where like graphics are good now things can look good but like art styles are the things that are standing out to us more not really graphical big leaps and bounds which is which is a cool time to be in agreed yeah.
1: I think like um, what was it? Rockstar was was peddling around Red Dead Two, like there were bear mark scratches
2: yeah, in and the trees, and they were like, uh-huh. "Look
1: well, how cool these these scratches are!" Um, mm-hmm. Just because like there's a level of detail now, so I guess you can consider that more artistic value, where you can actually render that much more detail, and allegedly the next-gen consoles would be able, able to do even more than that.
3: So mm-hmm. that's, that's like a really good an point.
1: additive thing, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I have a, my real answer to this question is that everything is open world now. Um, And that was, that's a, that's a trend that started the generation before with games like Assassin's Creed and like, you know, obviously things like Grand Theft Auto have, you know, always been open world. But um, now there's an expectation that like, if a game like Dishonored comes out and it's not open world, everyone's like, oh, that's a little weird. That's surprising. Like, (laughs) I feel like it's become the default for any like big AAA game is that it is going to be open, or at the very least, wide linear, which is also a term that's probably been coined over the last generation. Um, Mm -hmm. Meaning games like Uncharted or uh, like Gears 5 that take you through sort of section by section, but then within each section, there's like big open spaces that you can explore. Um, Last of Us 2 as well fits into that bucket
1: they're also i think last generation the big thing used to be you can play anyway like you can stealth or you can go guns blazing that was the sort of thing that i always heard on the pr preview beats Mm -hmm. and i think this generation finally accepted that as like okay every game kind of has an element that it's no longer special but you can make your own choices that semi impact the narrative in one way or another so that became a little bit more popularized too yeah
0: Yeah, yeah i do you remember how god damon well, I just I was going to sort of agree with both Justin and Tina's points. Um, cool. When I think about something like Assassin's Creed, uh, something that started out pretty, you know, uh, narrowly focused on recreating the experience of an ancient assassin, assassin has now be- become like a jack of all trades. It's you know, you can still assassinate people, but you can also just go in with a combat focus if you want. And there is huge open world exploration, and now there's crafting si- systems. You know, it's just Humking. like Everything that they can throw into those games now, it, it, they throw in there.
4: Yeah. You know, Everyth- please, so,
3: someone go. Go, Justin. <laughs> I It's just going to say that everything is an RPG now. Um, that's true. Which is another trend that I think started last generation, but like now every single system, every single game has to have like a skill system and crafting system and you know gear and loot. Um, that's that's really really pervasive and in triple gaming in a way that i don't think it had quite gotten there last gen
0: when the original borderlands came out uh we thought uh me and some other folks at IGN thought it was so weird and crazy that numbers flew out of people when you shot them love it and now love now, that, now that's just every that's just every game yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was you such know, a unique concept to marry certain rpg elements but turns out progression is fun
0: yeah
2: yeah, for sure. And being able to see that you're actually making progress. Do you remember when there'd be bosses where you didn't even know if you were hurting them? And then they added like yeah. bosses that kind of like changed color a little bit in old games. It's really funny. It used to be like, I don't know if I'm actually killing this boss and I'm 15 minutes into it. I hated that.
3: But they um, would also do the opposite where sometimes things would have two health bars.
2: Ugh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the health bar goes all the way down. And then all of a sudden it's like green health bar. I think that's yeah. why I, that I don't play
4: yeah. those, mind-
0: those shields. I don't mind that if you can <laughs> yeah, see. If you can see the next level underneath, you know. If you, if you, as long as they're being (laughs) transparent. Well, you know, like you just said, if it's green, yellow, then red, and then that, then they're really dead. As long as they're being transparent about it.
1: Everybody's nursery (laughs) rhyme.
0: Green, yellow, red, then dead.
1: (laughs) Then you know they're dead.
0: (laughs) I did that on purpose. Yeah, I absolutely did that on purpose.
1: Um, There's
2: a uh, there's there's a a level of uh, a non-graphical fidelity that's been added to games in the form of acting and performance which Mm. uh, last generation we were all like amazed when Portal 2 came out we're like this is incredible this whole game is acted so well and it's really cleverly written Um, that's now in the most impressive games still have like really impressive amounts of that but it's just blown up so much that even Assassin's Creed like every line in Assassin's Creed when you're just walking around talking to people is like acted and well scripted and good and like Assassin's Creed's like a AAA game but it's like I don't I expect that out of Red Dead a lot more than I expected out of Assassin's Creed, but we get it with Assassin's Creed now, and you get it with lots of games. Even indie games can be really well acted and scripted, even if they have like um, cartoon-like cutscenes or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, a little yeah, comic mocap comics.
1: is more of a staple now. Um, even like using celebrities in your games become yeah. more of a staple too. If you have oh, a yeah. budget for it, mm-hmm. so it's definitely like an emphasis on narrative but performance too.
2: Yep, a lot Also, more DLC
1: cinematic. is cool now.
4: And we free a hate lot. DLC. Is, it? Is
1: it? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. DLC used to be like, oh, they're cramming this stuff in and, you know, nobody wants a half-shipped game. We're paying full price for it. But uh, nobody has those complaints really anymore. I think people are excited. Like when the Control DLC came out, people were over the moon to have a reason to revisit it. And they kind of consider it as, oh, the developers are now working on this next project. And it's about sustaining that game shelf life not about squeezing more money out of you. Like, I think the perspective has changed, I guess. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Yeah. the perspective can... used to be, it's not on the disc. Why did I buy the disc then? And that, that like, you barely hear that expressed, if at all, anymore. And uh, I think, like, that's exactly what I look forward to. If I love a game, I, I'm excited that in three months or whatever, there'll be more content for it. And I definitely didn't feel that way initially. I was like, I feel like I just bought, you know, 90% of a game.
0: Speaking of buying the disc, uh, over the past generation, fewer people are buying the disc, and now the majority of game s- sales are digital. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, there's also like this: uh, uh, there's genres that have come and gone, and and genres that are like really prevalent right now. And one that that's prevalent right now is the the. It's, this is a more industry term. I know people don't know it as well, but it's games of service or Destiny likes right, mm-hmm. where it's like that is the whole point of it is DLC and downloading stuff and making sure you're part of that game and people kind of have like um it's almost like what mmos were like 10 years ago there's like kind of factional interest in those type of games and like you might just play this one game for a long time but it doesn't have to be an mmo anymore
1: mm-hmm. because but brings up um battle royales are also a, a feature yeah. of this generation too and good that good became point. widely popularized and expanded into many other territories That's And i guess true. the hero
2: hero shooter as well right
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which well, wasn't I new because like Team be Fortress tic- had done that, similar, but yeah. you know, Overwatch certainly certainly gave that genre a, yeah. a jolt of life, right? Uh, war games like Warframe, I mm-hmm. believe.
2: but battle is so thats a hundred percent like that's a contemporary thing. That if you didn't have a system over the past seven years, like you haven't played a battle royale because there just wasn't
3: an well, example of one. Unless
0: player. you're playing on PC or mobile, but sure, yeah, your mm-hmm. iPhone, yeah, not Fortnite anymore. Um. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you hadn't already downloaded it. Uh, I think a a big trend uh, in the indie gaming space has been the uh, resurgence of roguelikes spurred on largely by Splunky, but then also games like Binding of Isaac. There's just so many roguelikes. I feel like every week there's new roguelikes coming out. And they're not all great, but there are a lot of really good ones and a lot of different uh, genres. There's, you know, side-scrolling platformers like uh, Splunky and like Rogue Legacy. But then there's like turn-based strategy roguelikes like um, Into the Breach, and dungeon crawler, turn based dungeon crawlers like uh, Darkest Dungeon. So that's definitely something that grew over the last seven years, I believe. Mm-hmm.
1: And then with that, membership models too, where you can like subscribe to an online and a deals service with whatever mm-hmm. your console of choice is and get bundles of things. Mm-hmm. Also, backward compatibility. There's lots of new stuff this generation. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking about since um, Baker pre ordered an Xbox Series S. Justin we've talked a lot on the show about how great it is to get a console at the end of its life. Yeah, it's the enjoy. best. But like buying a, an Xbox Series S is kind of just the same thing.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cuz he he gets he gets access to every game in the Xbox One library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well a, there's all those games on Game Pass, right? So
3: I strongly mm-hmm. recommend that he subscribe to Game Pass for a few months at least. Um but yeah, like the store like Xbox is so progressive in that way. Where I had a urge. This is over a year ago now, but like I had a real urge to revisit like SSX, and um, uh, I was able to just you know our games like Symphony of the Night, and like that was an Xbox 360 live arcade game. Was just able to log in, buy it, install it on my Xbox One, the same as you know, the same as if it were a game released on that console. Like that seamless backwards compatibility is um, going to be a real, like a real godsend for someone that like dipped out of gaming and is now back. Mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of remakes, and Nintendo yep. just you know doing old games all over again—that's been a theme too.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean? Like sp- specifically?
1: for this generation like, i guess they're not I, I guess baker's not counting nintendo um necessarily mm-hmm. uh, but regardless like this generation has had mm-hmm. a lot of like reissuing of games or porting of games well yeah remake like I mean.
0: just like remakes yeah
2: it, it's the year of remakes as we heard in 20 questions last week hmm. yeah
0: mm-hmm. exactly
2: I mean, seriously, that's like that that was around before, but like now there's so much nostalgia packed into marketing and like the way to, you know, like the, the biggest Nintendo game this fall is three old Nintendo games. I mean, that's mm-hmm. and it's totally accepted. People are were super hyped for it. Like they're just really, really pleased to get that package um, and also really angry about what wasn't in that package because they wanted more remakes.
1: I think you could also attribute the more mainstream focus of VR to this generation too. It's more sure. towards the tail end, but that's mm. certainly become a big staple of of this generation.
3: Yep, yeah, it was. was it Polygon that had the? Uh, I think it was Polygon it has that really interesting feature right now. As like VR has been five minutes away for like eight years now, and like it can't quite break through. Like everyone's like, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner, and it never quite gets there. Gets there, but um it's still growing right like every year vr is still bigger than it was the year before it's continuing to sort of slowly trudge up the mountain and um you know remains to be seen whether whether it is going to take over the mainstream or not but but um but this was definitely the biggest year for vr ever and um you know thanks to half life alex and the the oculus quest 2 so um you know we'll see what happens in the future but that's that's definitely something that if you dipped out of games in like 2013 none, none of that was really here yet
2: you know what, you would have missed if you didn't have uh, the last gen is you would have missed the Kinect, which was really strange. That was a really weird time.
0: Well, but the Kinect was on 360.
2: Yeah, that's true, but it came with the Xbox One.
0: <laughs> yeah, for a time.
2: <laughs> Do you think it hooks up to the 1S?
0: <clears throat> I don't know about
3: that. That's interesting. I don't know. I wonder if so, if he was only doing board games, I, wanna, I want him to write back in and let us know. Like he's probably pay, playing Pandemic Legacy and Gloomhaven and.
0: All the yeah. big a hottest board games.
3: I want to know. I want to know <laughs> more about that.
0: Um, what about something that's become ubiquitous in any open world game is a photo mode.
2: Oh yeah, photo modes.
0: Yeah, just Ghost really, has the best one. Ghost yeah. is really good.
2: I just played through the part in Breath of the Wild where you get like a camera and they force you to start using it and stuff, and I didn't re- remember this, but in that game. You know, you, you can complete that game by taking like a thousand photos of like every single animal and dragonfly and blade of grass, which is so crazy. You can
0: complete the game by doing that? Well, you no,
2: know, it's like if you're going to 100% it. Oh, okay, you, good. you would have to get all of these photos and they're obnoxious.
0: Um, John, we might be able to hear you, uh, your keyboard. Uh, what,
2: what John's
3: what John typed typing, us. Lol, 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 lol. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he says that we can hear him, but the audience cannot hear him.
0: Oh, oh really? man, That's I, so would say, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if, the, if his laugh track was on the actual. Wow, final it's panel. been a confusing
2: fifteen yeah. minutes. <laughs> no, I was going to yeah. say that. <laughs> not having an episode number, starting at the end, hearing laughs out of nowhere. <laughs> I think this episode might be haunted. Oh, it is it is spooky Ooh. season. Ooh, we wow. need to
1: get the soundboard for Damon and just put Borba's laugh
0: on it. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like Zangief <laughs> or Karnov. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> Borba, you you should think about uh, being a Karnov for Halloween sometime. Uh, a couple other things: there are share buttons on the controllers that allow you to sh- you know immediately upload game footage uh, to social. That that's something totally new to this generation. Mm. And, uh, another like type of game that I think is very unique to this generation is the Twitch bait game, uh, the oh. game that, uh, maybe isn't all that great and is kind of janky, but it can, uh, it can be kind of funny to look at or watch people play. And if they, if they can get a popular streamer to play their game, then maybe their game will find some success that way. Yeah. you know what, The or-
2: first game I rem- remember that being was the, uh, the, the goat, uh, simulator. That's what I was going to say
0: is uh, a
3: close relation to the Twitch bait game is a game that's like bad on purpose. Yeah.
1: Like
0: what? Totally realistic battle simulators. Is that what it's called? Something like that. All right. I think we've covered off on every advancement we saw this generation. We didn't miss anything. Yeah. It wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. Happy game. This generation. Yeah. (laughs)
1: well we didn't mention a couple other features like uh um sam you mentioned this earlier uh not on this show but earlier to us about like background installations and updates and suspending Mm -hmm. games and stuff so a couple of those features that you're obviously seeing mirrored in the next generation too
2: yeah it's do you remember how annoying it was to update your ps3 it would just be it was like this really horrible thing yeah and now you can have have that now you don't need it yeah, and then remote install is the best thing ever. Like, I can go on my phone and, like, buy a game and install it on my Xbox. It's so good. Like, I, re- I think that's this is the smartest stuff. And that's also, only going to get better.
1: Borba yeah. just mentioned um, prohibitively large game install sizes. That's definitely mm-hmm. been a theme of this console generation, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's no yeah, such but... thing as enough space on your SSD. That's just, yeah, that's just not you get, possible. like,
1: two or three games, and then you're tapped. Yeah, We're you at you a point, fight. like, the, the next saying,
0: You've got a 500 gig hard drive, and the latest Call of Duty is like 120 gigs.
3: <laughs> it's going to be such a problem next gen where, like, these $500 consoles have a one terabyte hard drive, you know, and the usable space is whatever it is, 900 gigs. And then, you know, games are already 100 gigabytes for a big AAA game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. And sometimes you get it on disk and you have to install it, and then it's 100 gigabytes and a disk. That's so and then, crazy.
1: And then you get a hundred gigabyte patch after patch. Yeah.
2: Th- some of those <laughs> patches are nuts. That's not an exaggeration. I've, I've at least <laughs> had like a 30 gigabyte patch before. <laughs> like I remember final fantasy seven got a few in there. I was like, what are they putting in this? Are they putting an entire, you know, like texture packs and levels? It was
1: huge. <laughs> Just a new game. They're hoping you don't notice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's final <laughs> fantasy I, eight remake. No, it's part two. <laughs> there <you> go.
3: <laughs> I reached a point. Um, it's, it's sad. It's always a sad moment when you have a console where, um, my switch is full. Um which that's an hmm. S D card so I can buy a bigger SD card, but then I have to go through the rigmarole of like, you know, dragging everything onto the new SD card. So it's like better than your than your console hard drive filling up. But it's like it's the worst. It feels so great for like two years or you know, however active you're playing, maybe a year if you're downloading everything. And then it gets full. And then it's like, oh no. Oh no. Do I am I really am I really ready to delete? Then it's like it's like, you know, killing off your children, like, mm, I don't know, am I gonna play Red Dead ever again? I'm not sure. That was one that I deleted. I finally, I
2: finally nixed it off my PS5 or PS4. I'm like, I don't think I'm going back to it.
3: Yeah. The
2: worst version of that was that on old memory sticks, like, you know, if you had a memory, stick, you had to actually delete, you had to delete your saves. Yeah. You're just like, well, I probably won't be playing smash brothers, which I unlocked everything all over. And like, that's like crazy. That's a crazy choice to make.
3: It was really sad. And then that came, or they just
2: wipe themselves. (laughs) They just be dead one day.
3: Well, and the memory cards on the PS1 had 15 blocks on them, and a game yeah. save was like one block. And yeah. like that's, that seems crazy now in the context of 2020, but mm-hmm. it's what,
0: what you had to do in the Dark Ages.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Baker has many happy gaming hours ahead of him with his uh, Xbox Series S. Let's each recommend a game from this generation for him to check out. I Ooh. would recommend, I'll recommend Assassin's Creed Odyssey.
4: Mm. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know.
1: I'm, like, forgetting everything that came out more than three
4: years ago. Yeah, it's
1: an obvious one. Um, I would also say uh, Inside, because I was thinking about it earlier, but there's a spoiler associated with it when we were talking about physics. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to mention (laughs) it. Um, It's a short game. Everybody on the planet should play it. Uh, It's pretty good, but I'll count that one.
2: I didn't finish it and it wasn't like completely for me, but I thought it was like a cool example of a contemporary game was the witness. I just thought that was like a neat game. And like, if you just have time on your hands and want to play something that, you know, got a 10, check it out. You jerks took all three of mine. And I just um, took that one intentionally. Cause I knew. You're yeah. Like, no, just
3: I, I literally was about those. That was about to come out of my mouth. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I was like, I'm like Spider-Man got of war. <laughs> no, uh, honest, like, yeah. Well, I I, it's still in my backlog, but I really, really want to play Gears Five and hear nothing but great things about it. And you know, when next gen comes around, that like I'm super excited to like go back and check out Gears. And I'm glad that that franchise is—I was gonna say turned around. I don't think it was ever bad, but like you know, I'm glad that it's still uh, putting out really, really great experiences that people love. Yeah.
1: Also, Borba says Witcher Three, which I also highly Mm. recommend, even though I oh well,
0: yeah, Witcher Three and
2: Metal Gear Solid Five.
0: I was gonna say yeah. As an honorable mention, Metal Gear Solid 5.
2: Oh, Man to... 3 is so great. Um. Okay. Let's uh, check in with What's some... That?
1: That? <laughs> Saying goodbye to Justin. <laughs>
2: yeah. He, he is... Uh, Sorry, It was Cat yeah. asking to get uh, out. Oh, no, asking to come in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's check in with some news today. Uh, Nintendo just announced Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. Uh, it was the original Fire Emblem game released on the Famicom, I want to say 1990, but was never yes. localized here. It was remade for the DS, which I reviewed. Uh, and that did was you very really? good. Mm-hmm. What'd nice. you give it? I want to say an
1: 8.5. We don't do that anymore. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to choose now. It's from the old times. Well, then it, Well, <laughs> anyway, uh, but the, that original Famicom game was never localized here. Uh, so it's going to be like the 8-bit version, which I think is very cool. It's coming to the Nintendo eShop. It's, so it's not going to be part of Nintendo's uh, Switch online service. It's going to be 6 bucks, And uh, it is also bafflingly only going to be available for a limited time until... Well, it's out what day? It's out on, in December. I didn't write down the release date. The pre-order
2: is in December, and then they stop selling it at the end of March.
0: Yeah, March 31st, 2021. What is going on? A very annoying thing Nintendo has decided to start doing. I don't know.
2: What is there no. any precedent for this?
3: No, and like the Mario stuff at least had the flimsy like bad excuse, but it had the excuse of like it's Mario's 35th anniversary. So once the anniversary is over, like the games go away. Like there's absolutely no justification for taking Fire Emblem offline. Well, it's crazy
2: yeah. You're saying it's 35th anniversary, but it, it's still
1: Yeah. Like, there are a couple of games that they're basically removing on that date. We may or may not be working on a story on that right now. Um, but basically, mm-hmm. uh, the the one detail that we do know of is that they're in Japan. That's kind of when they close out their end of the year financials. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah. So it's it's the end of Nintendo's financial year, but still. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. think I mean the, the the precedent people compare it to is the Disney tapes, right?
3: Yeah. That Going they had back like... in the vault. Is
2: that what, and they had like, are those like those like clamshell VHS tapes? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. They they must've taken those chunky plastic ones. Yeah.
2: Yeah, But like those were like only temporarily available for times. Like I I didn't even know that that was a thing. That's crazy.
3: They would like rotate
0: them in and out the disney vault was a real thing look at how
3: cool this gameplay looks though like I, I think it's it's so cool and unprecedented like this is a total like indie developer thing to do right like it's yeah. not a nintendo thing to do it's so out of character for them to take this nes game and like translate it into a language it's never been in before like i i think it's super rad and i'm excited to see if it's it's a it's a sign of things to come um it's really out of left field too uh because the game did get a remake and that was how they sort of brought that game and those characters and characters like Marth, you know, into the U.S. gaming lexicon for the first time. So um, really unusual and surprising and, and um, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'll buy it for six bucks for sure.
1: That was kind of the premise of their trailer, too. It's like two yeah. kids talking like, you don't know Marth? Well, I guess because it was only available in 1990 in Japan. But sure, here's really- an explanation. You get to experience Marth.
3: It's a dumb. super self-aware trailer that yeah. I thought was really cute because yeah those 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 characters are in Smash Brothers before they had ever been in an
0: English language game yeah. before. I want to say the first Th- that it, I was just say, I think the first English English language Fire Emblem came to GameCube.
2: Mm, there's a Game Boy Advance in...
0: one. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, it, that it's that good. era though, Game Boy Advance and GameCube in the same era. Where yeah. It took, you know, 10 10 12 years for Fire Emblem to come here and it did not take off very quickly this no. that that uh that collector's edition is going to be like so astronomically rare like it's so funny because you can tell like japan has a reason to celebrate fire emblems anniversary like it, it it's it was a series for 10 years longer than here like it had a lot going for it and people know about it there so like doing an anniversary special just makes sense but you can tell they just kind of said like okay let's let's bring 5,000 of those to the United States and just see how they do. And then they're putting, but, but that, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, And it's unfortunate, but translating the whole game in English is crazy. That game Mm -hmm. is not, not a small game to translate. It's not like super Mario brothers, which has like maybe a page of of text in the whole game. And it was in English to begin with. Like, this is crazy. It's 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 whole storylines. They translated, and on the NES that was really difficult to do. There's like character limits. And the way that Japanese characters work versus, uh, you know, English uh, characters like that, it's all difficult to do that. And you saw the result of that on the NES, like it wasn't done well. There's like tons of problems with localized NES games. So the fact that somebody went into this basically ROM and ROM hacked it is just crazy. Like it m- must be. Uh, they must have had to take it and just tear it apart and just kind of build it like the nes remix games from scratch yeah
3: that's exactly what i'm curious about is did they go in and modify that original rom and like shove the english language in there meaning that it has to all the text has to fit in the same number of character yeah. Can boxes you jump it
2: onto an nes cartridge now
3: yeah or did they or did they or that's my exact question maybe they did treat it more like nes remix we're like well okay it's not actually an nes rom it's just like you know it's got a different different set of code powering it under the hood we'll have to see um that collector's edition this afternoon as we recorded this went up for pre-order on gamestop.com and sold out
0: in like 8 seconds wow wow the yeah, uh so the anniversary edition it's 50 bucks it includes uh an actual physical NES box with an NES game pack and the sleeve <laughs> and a 200 200- like crystal clear though it's
2: not like a playable cartridge
0: yeah it's not it's an, it's an art piece nintendo like calls a, it acrylic art piece it also has a 222 page art book uh yeah. and a a mini nintendo power issue
4: yeah
0: or they call it retro collectible so like i don't it, know it's so cool it's only i mean only in air quotes but
3: like it's only 50 bucks which is like you know seems like a pretty good deal if you're a big fan um, and I'm glad that they specified the page count for that art book because I have seen a lot of collector's editions that, like, it comes with an art book and you get it, and then it's just a flimsy piece of junk.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> so, two staples and like twelve yeah. images.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this is super cool. It's it's just another a reminder that you can never really predict what Nintendo is going to be doing next. Um, no, you can't. I, I you know I like Fire Emblem and I I really love turn-based strategy games, but I don't think I played one on the NES ever. It's probably more of a 16-bit game, and yeah. it's cool seeing like the two characters at the top of the screen, you know, you know, about to do battle with each other. It immediately brings to mind the Shining Force series on the Sega Genesis, which was probably, you know, uh, close to my first introduction to that whole series. So hmm. I don't know. I'm really excited to check out how that plays on an, in an 8-bit game. <laughs> Sam, do we receive a couple packages in the mail? I know you. Yeah, I know you went to the office recently yes i did
2: uh so uh to the game scoop crew uh we got a package and i'll split these up i'm gonna do one this week uh this is from um uh the caraway tea company they know we have some tea fans on staff Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. um and uh wayne uh is a is a fan and and wrote us and there's a pretty cool thing that he sent us here so he says thanks for the opportunity to send you caraway tea products Uh, and to get them to your cohorts i'm sending an ft for the common games crew to have four teas. but honestly if someone doesn't enjoy it or want it that's fine too you can give it to a neighbor friend or someone in the ign family um he says tea is not for everyone (laughs) some people are real all caps (laughs) coffee freaks (laughs) (laughs) you know the (laughs) type anyway enjoy the teas. all right so i'm gonna go through them and and then uh uh he uh so it's some nice stuff. And uh, okay, so there's, there's, not, there's a brewing guide for teas here, all right? Wow, this is and hardcore. And so it has, like, oh, the first the one... This. Mm-hmm. The first one is called uh, Princess Peach. Let me,
4: let me find one. Here we go. Sorry,
2: my wrist was not positioned to do that right. So there's Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. Wait, Peach are they, is this,
0: like, officially licensed?
2: Um, I was gonna say, I'm getting... I'm a little... <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's, uh, he, uh, specially labeled these ones, but like, it's a full, you know, vacuum sealed, uh, okay. consumer brand product. It's, it's, a uh, yeah, not, not just like in a Ziploc baggie. Uh, but yeah, so it's a, um, this one says, uh, like the precious princess, this tea will be slightly sweet and beautiful to look at. Uh, and I thought that was really cute. Uh, and he, I'm not going to read these for all of them, but he says brew four to five minutes at 212 degrees, wow. not 210 Damon <laughs> yeah. All right. we also got resident evil wow the that's pretty good
0: it's good
2: t-virus also yeah. in there there Love we go that. t-virus All right. we got um oh gosh i don't i think this is a reference to english breakfast but hyrule breakfast mm-hmm. does that does that make sense is that what it's a reference to yeah i don't know my sure. teas. it's like this english breakfast and then uh, we have Final Fantas Tea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Took a few steps.
0: Yeah, and it
2: looks like this. So Final cool. Fantas Tea is, uh, it has the ingredients too. It's like organic green tea, organic calendula petals, blueberry pieces, blue mallow mossums, raspberry granules, jasmine flowers, natural blackberry, jasmine flavor. That's cra- that's a lot of stuff going on in this Final Fantas yeah. Tea. Uh, and then uh, finally, he, he because all of these had good names and he knows we're, we're a big fan of uh jokey names. He gave a list of the names that he didn't use. Oh, wow. the rejections. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Samus orange, Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the blueberry bomber. And I hate the blue bomber. I think that's so funny. Uh, God of orange. And that's just orange. That's cute, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> all right and john barber liked that one then we have green hill zone i guess it's because green tea right green yeah. Hill Zone. yeah uh, that's from sonic uh wario you gonna drink that tea what uh, <laughs> i can see a little bit of a stretch teenage mutant ninja teetles for <laughs> teetles in time wow okay uh, bionic comango
0: okay that one i like I, 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 there's a lot more of these how many more know. of these are there
2: i'm not gonna go anymore i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> leave some to the imagination okay, but i will okay. i will leave you with uh uh camo miles tales per hour good <laughs> so that's sonic's that's good um i do have to miles say per hour with
0: chamomile you see you see what's going on there mm-hmm. I, I can I explain am, this more i am a little disappointed what's um the name of our sender? Wayne. Wayne, I'm a little disappointed that Wayne didn't go with a, a tie-in with the video game Steep.
2: <laughs> let, me just, let me see if there's just Steep in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, he says, uh, 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 you know, you, you're, you're, he says, you're number 519 fan and number 26 nemesis. I don't know what that means. Uh, and he oh. says, P.S. All teas lovingly prepared by my coworker and fiance, Julia Amberg. And uh, PSS, we usually outsource labels for customers, so the quality isn't the best. But we tried our sweet little NY heart's best. He's from New York, so you, so they do these custom teas for people. That's their business, mm. which I think is really neat. Anyway, that's thank you cool. for the thank you for the teas, and then you know we have some big tea fans on the staff here that we will get these to. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. Uh, are they loose leaf teas, Sam? I don't know what that that's means. True. What yes. do you think? They are. I've been meaning to get one of those metal steeper things. I thought you you just put this whole thing in your mug.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, plastic and everything. Uh, That's
2: been tea scoop. I have one for next week as well.
0: Okay. Is it also tea? Please be excited. I called it tea scoop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, another email. This is Kev from Sheffield. Kev says... Uh, Sheffield is home of Sumo Digital. He says, as a 38-year-old British gamer, my formative years were a very different experience than yours. I often hear about these days on even brilliant game shows such as your own, and I just wanted to raise this as I feel it's a part of gaming that isn't really recognized. Growing up, it was very rare to meet people with an NES. No one ever mentioned Contra or Mega Man, a whole host of other games that now have risen to classic status. We didn't have the video games crash, We never buried anything in the moors, which is the closest we have to a desert, I believe. (laughs) We never had the experience of not owning a lot of games because tapes and discs were so cheap in comparison to carts. So the Amiga, Commodore 64, Spectrum, Acorn, Sinclair, Amstrad, Atari ST, even the BBC Micro are machines that are hugely important. And whilst it might not look like a fantastic era in retrospect, without it, we wouldn't have had Grand Theft Auto, Wipeout, Tomb Raider... Football Manager, Total War, XCOM, anything made by Rare, and a whole host of others, all of which are titles from British and European studios who trace their roots back to that tape and disc scene in some form. I hope you read this out. If for no reason, then it would be cool to hear the names of my favorite machines on my favorite podcast. One's called an Acorn. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, it's interesting to think about gamers who like grew up in the 80s, early 90s, just having. Uh, different experiences based on where you live. Yeah. I mean, you know, once once
3: Jared Petty didn't work here anymore, we kind of stopped hearing about the ZX Spectrum as much as we used to, didn't
2: we, when he was on the show? Yeah, <laughs> we, that's true. It's absolutely true. I, I, I would. Yeah, we, there was we there was an era of Game Scoop in which we were very representative of uh, obscure British PC systems. Uh, we are just past that. So if you miss that era of British PC games, like our question earlier, he just answered what you missed, which I think is really convenient. Now we know.
0: It's true. It's true.
2: Some of those games made their way over onto like
3: DOS. And so I, you know, I have some memories of them from my youth, but now like obviously, you know, all of us were playing games on the NES or on other home consoles. Yeah, for
2: That's, sure. that blew my mind the first time there was like a rare collection here where it was like, oh, I thought I was going to be seeing Battletoads and stuff like that. And then it was like all this crazy PC stuff. They made so many games and they're like pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah,
1: You gotta wonder, like console wise these days, like kids that are growing up with this generation Mm -hmm. um, or the last few generations um, of consoles, like dependent on what your parents decided you were going to be committing your allegiance to, like what was your experience like versus a friend's Mm -hmm. if you don't have, like, if you're strictly PlayStation or strictly Xbox or whatever else. I think that's why a lot of people grew up with Halo or not
4: Mm -hmm. based on
1: that. Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely
2: developed parts of the world that have completely different ecosystems for, for, games and you know brazil is really different than here there is uh retro systems there that were you know still producing games until you know pretty recently uh, that we call retro like the genesis and then there's china which doesn't have a lot of you know of the same console stuff but a huge pc gamer uh, you know system there and you know there's government regulation all kinds of stuff that change how people perceive games in a you know in a giant country on earth right now
0: yeah only in the last few years did china allow video game consoles to be sold there again. There's
1: no more Starcraft 2 content for them.
2: Is it not? Is it banned from there?
1: No, no. Um, it's huge uh, in the on the East, but it's also oh, yeah, not yeah. like mm-hmm. Blizzard is not developing content for it anymore. That's
2: right. It just stops and
1: fixes. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Scoop.
1: They're like, we're done. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. A couple of GDCs ago, Tina and Sam and I went to a talk uh, from the creator of Lemmings. Mm-hmm. Um the retro game postmortem is that what they call classic game yeah. postmortem? So classic, yeah, classic game, yeah.
1: Cygnosis is anyway,
0: that company. yeah. That and like that is sort of like the era that Kev from Sheffield is saying is referring to there.
2: Yeah. And they showed like, you know, they all worked on you know PC games and like little offices and stuff. It was like a very indie scene. And that company, you know, became elements of Rockstar and stuff like that. It, he's exactly right in in pointing out like we wouldn't have these giant things without those that PC scene there. Hmm. I like that point about tapes and discs being, you know, cheap ways to distribute stuff. the The underlying thing there is that they're cheap because they're rewritable. Re- so you just stole everything, like, yep. like you know, we we're unable to do a lot of game bootlegging in the United States when we were all growing up, because like if you had a PlayStation two, you probably just got used PlayStation two games. You didn't get a bunch of burned PlayStation two copies, but boy, it was not like that before 1990 on PCs. And even in the nineties, right? Everything you got was stolen. And that's still like a huge underground market for cracked PC games, obviously, but man, if that's all you had was like big discs of free games, like that's pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm
0: extracurricular activities a couple episodes ago i commanded scoop nation watch cobra kai on netflix mm-hmm. uh if you have finished cobra kai and you're looking for something else i just rec- i finished season two of the boys and it's really really good highly recommend it it is well documented on the show that i like blood and guts and the boys is set it's is, is, sati- on that. is a satisfactory show for me uh T.W., you watch season two
1: Yes, and they somehow managed to one-up themselves every single episode as far as the blood and guts go. You're like, what is it possibly going to be next time? Just a sea yeah. of blood and every scene. But Maybe. they did it. They did yeah. it.
0: Um, and aside from that, I thought I just thought it was, I think it's a really good show. Did you enjoy it?
1: I did. I loved it. Um, and I just finished season one of Korbokai because it's cool. literally the only TV show my oldest brother will watch. And he has cool. been re-watching every single episode with me. Are you into <laughs> it? Very much so. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yes. I liked Karate Kid growing up. I love that they're playing into the he deserved more um, uh, and like actually making a whole show out of it. Uh, it's There's there's an interesting dichotomy of like person who grew up um, in that time period and is now confronted with students of a more woke culture uh, yeah. and some of that dynamic being played out, which is probably relevant to a lot of uh, Americans these days. Yeah. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah, it's great.
2: So and That's then, on my to-do list. That's my next up. I just finished Avatar. I'm going to do that next. But I'm thinking uh, about taking. I I don't know whether to do this yet. I was wondering if you guys have watched it, but I kind of want to watch the new Haunting season uh, because it's it's a spooky time of year.
1: Yeah, hey. I'm a big yeah. fan of horror, but I just I'm like seven episodes in, and it just hasn't really struck me. Oh, or really? really okay. Basically, okay. yeah. It's it's just different um, mm-hmm. than the uh, the the first or the first, uh, whatever the, the first haunting from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's obviously a different context for this time around, Mm -hmm. but our review mentioned something that I I kind of agree with too, which is it's just got a much slower pace and it doesn't have the same kind of scares, Mm -hmm. um, or thrills. So it's just, it's just slower. Okay. Mm -hmm. A seven. seven?
0: Yeah. That's Paris rating.
1: Yeah. I have, I'll I'll give it a score when I'm done with it. I'm still pushing through.
0: All right. That's good. That helps me make my call. But then what do you think of Avatar, Sam? I loved it.
2: It was so good. It, it gets better and better too. Like they kind mm-hmm. of re-throw all of the same relationships at each other and mix them all up. And everybody you find a different side of everybody except for uh, uh, Zuko's sister, who's just evil the whole time. And <laughs> it's, it's really, really fun. And I really like how it wrapped up. And, and then I hated the very last scene. I thought it was very gross and weird.
0: Gross, wow. Yeah.
1: I forget what the last scene was.
2: was it, it was the kiss.
1: Then? Yeah. It was a kiss. Yeah. it was all building towards that
2: it, it did build towards that it just felt very strange and i i was surprised that it that it ended up that way but i did like how the rest of the series resolved and there's so many elements like you were mentioning with for cobra kai with star wars in it and i know that team went on to work on the star wars cartoons if you can i also out. loved
1: lovecraft country um mm-hmm. and i think unpopular opinion but i like raised by wolves too
3: oh is that unpopular no way that shows dope that's great
1: yeah. I've heard some people like pass on it fairly early uh, on. And it is weird. like the first episode you're, you are kind of weirded out by it. Like what are these androids and these like futuristic costumes that are just really form fitting. Like what's the point of this? Um, but once <laughs> oh, no. it, once you get beyond the first episode <laughs> and like actually accept the universe and the lore and the costume work and whatnot, then it gets really good.
3: The Davis household loves
0: raised by wolves. Wow, <laughs> Good to know. That's the Ridley Scott one. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. Well, yeah, all- I mean, he, he, he did the pilot episode pilot episode
2: okay was it all released at once or is it in season it was week by week then now now it's all done okay cool
3: that's what i was waiting for Mm -hmm. i watched um ted lasso and it's my favorite new show of the year it's just the best it's a 10 out of 10 it's the most uplifting perfect thing to be watching in 2020 best show ted lasso
0: i've heard that name but i don't know anything about it like what's the elevator pitch
3: it's uh it's about an American football coach who is uh sort of a doofus, he's sort of a hick, but um but then it turns out he's actually very smart like that's the conceit of his character and then he gets he goes over to England to teach uh football like a soccer team, a Premier League soccer team. And um and doesn't know what he's doing but then eventually wins them all over and he's just a very heartfelt, genuine, nice, kind guy that that wins everybody over and like they all start out against him and they all end up being on his side by the end of the show
2: it's um, uh snl jason um right jason uh, sudeckis
3: yeah jason Sudeikis, yeah Yeah, he's oh. the main character and it's on apple tv which i still get i you know i got free for a year because i bought an ipad so it's like you got a free year of apple tv and they sent me an email that's like oh you can have it free for another three months <laughs> i'm like okay, okay. yeah <laughs>
2: sure. um
3: so, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think a lot of people are probably still in their free Apple TV period and I
2: cannot recommend it highly enough. Wow. A sports show at the top of Justin's list.
3: Yeah, but it's not a sports show. Like that's the thing, right? Like it's not about soccer in the same way. Well, I don't have an analogy about it, but that's like, that's there in the background, but it's not <laughs> what the show is actually about.
0: It must be like Friday Night Lights for it. You don't, you don't have to be a big football fan, right? To love Friday sure. Night Lights. Yeah. Okay, and that brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Joshua No, and he actually has an easy mode and a hard mode. Uh, I know two of us have a hard out at three thirty, so we'll start on we'll start on easy mode and we'll see how it goes. Let the questioning begin. We don't get a we don't get like a sentence to. No, there no he didn't provide any meta hints.
1: We got too many hints last time. So Although you know this added no more sentences.
0: <laughs> you know this is supposedly an easy mode game. So. Right. Is it a spooky okay. game? Mm, no.
1: Then why did you pick it? You know <laughs> what time we're Halloween all wearing yet.
2: Halloween elements.
1: Not yet.
3: The guy okay. said he wanted something spooky.
1: Is it from this
4: generation? No. Is this a 90s game? No. Is the a platform exclusive? Yes. Is it exclusive on a Sony platform? No.
3: That's five.
2: Is this a Nintendo game? No. Well, I thought it was easy mode.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is it is this exclusive on an Xbox platform? No.
1: Oh no. <laughs> so PC?
3: I think it's Angry Birds.
1: Is, should we say is it a mobile
3: game? I don't, I don't really think sure.
1: it's an easy mode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You we never talk it. about mobile games, so that feels like it wouldn't. Well, it's
2: either from a weird system from before the '90s, before the console wars mattered, or it's on a Sega system, or it's on a system after 2000. That's but, you know, but it PC wouldn't be
3: either. a Sega system if it's not a '90s game, probably. I mean, it could be, obviously, but like unlikely. I don't know what that leaves us with. PC? Is this a PC exclusive? No. <laughs> Damn
1: it! I feel like we're burning questions on this easy one. Well,
3: let's <laughs> <so laughs> figure to out what exclusive
1: way.
2: it is. <laughs> is it a Sega game?
0: No. All
1: right. Maybe
2: is it's it a an arcade mo- game.
0: Is it a mobile game? No, and that's oh 10. Boy. Oh
2: boy. Boy. Is it an
0: arcade game? No. <laughs> what are you doing to us? I'm not doing anything. Joshua No is doing this. So hold on. Let's take a beat. I guess it's a it-
2: TurboGrafx <laughs> <graphics> game. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's,
3: it's not a 90s yeah. game. and It's not a current-gen game. Um, I think it's unlikely to be a 2000s game because it's also not a Sega, Nintendo... Xbox, PlayStation, mobile, arcade, <laughs>
2: or PC game. Is this from before 1990? Yes. Oh, okay. So. Atari. Atari, yeah. That's something, something Atari or ColecoVision or something. Um, is this an Atari exclusive? Yes. Great. You know, that's, that's actually kind of hard. Because
3: everything <laughs> to,
1: came to everything.
2: To not be on
3: arcades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That
1: narrows it
4: down. I mean, E.T.,
2: yeah adventure is this based on a license
3: yes is this game notoriously horrible and just really really just truly bottom of the barrel
0: yes that's 15 it's et it It is et it is et for the 2600 1982
3: nice man we almost got um we almost got worked
0: there
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was a bad path
0: Uh, all right, well, that was your warm-up for hard mode. Oh, boy. God. Did this
3: game come out before 19, January 1st,
0: 1990?
3: No. It's not another Atari game. It's from after 2000?
0: Yes.
4: Is it a platform exclusive? No. Is it on Switch? Yes. Huh, thank God. Mm-hmm. All right, we got this. It's part of a series? No.
0: That's is, this game, is this game on a Switch cart?
2: This is kind of a roller coaster right now.
0: <laughs> um, if it is, it'd be like a limited run games situation. Okay. It wasn't initially released on a cart. So if okay. it's a Switch game, it's a Switch eShop port.
4: Is this an indie game? Yes. Is this an indie game developed in the United States? No. Does As this is.
2: dev have a, any other game? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Not that I know of. Yeah, because like Stardew Valley and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, although I think... Well, maybe he's not. He might be Canadian. I don't know if he's in the US. But... Uh, okay, was this game developed in Japan? No. That's 10. Could be Undertale. Yeah. I, I think... I don't know if he's in the US either, if Toby Fox is here. I don't know where he lives.
2: Huh.
0: Oh, so I... this This developer has made other games. Um, I just didn't realize they were the developer of these other games. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: Noted.
1: Is there a strong narrative element to this game?
0: No.
2: Is it a roguelike? No. I think I think
3: it's Ding Dong XL. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: did you make that up? I don't even know what that is.
3: What yes are you talking we about? Yeah, you, you we played it every it, day. Every for day like for a like a month. month. Yeah, it was on the show. I have a shirt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't recall. That's the
3: game outside. with the ball thing bouncing back and forth. We have to dodge the shapes that we played on the big TV that we played for like a oh, month. Yeah. Ugh. that game's great. I bought. I bought that game three times now on my computer, Switch, and phone. <laughs> hmm. Um, it's on Switch though. So, uh... is this like a high score driven game? No, but it's also it's not, not
1: narrative, huh?
3: And not narrative. Is it a roguelike?
1: No, we asked that already.
3: Oh, sorry. No, what was it?
2: Is this a loot-based game?
3: No. Does this game have like uh like a like a eight-bit like eight or sixteen-bit pixel aesthetic to it?
0: Yes. That's wait a minute. That's fifteen. Yes, that's fifteen.
3: What was that platformer? It wasn't, it's what not was a,
0: was it? What was the platformer?
3: Mutant Muds. Yeah, I not something I was thinking of. I was thinking of the Ninja One, that
2: Katana Zero. Is that right? Oh yeah yeah katana zero and then there's also um the the dig dig games yeah steam world is
3: katana zero the one that switches between 8 and 16 bit or what was that game
2: uh yes it did that i think so but there was another game that did that too
1: it's where you can rewind time what in katana Uh, zero
2: and you rewind it to like an 8-bit look right
1: no i don't recall okay, the, okay. any of that I, Them, you can like if you mess up you can rewind your moves like, i might
2: be thinking a of a
3: different game style yeah there is there was some game that came out recently that had both art styles in it and it was like you, the first
0: half of the game and then the second half is, of the there
1: ninja, is there like ninja fighting in this game <laughs> there is
0: there is <laughs> there's a ninja in it
1: okay it's, so it's, it's a, not katana zero then
0: maybe it's a Nidhog
3: game Oh yeah. Are Nidhogg games on the eShop? Two? I don't, I don't know. There's a ninja
2: in the game. But Damon won't commit to ninja fighting. Um, is this a two player or is this a, a uh, competitive two player game? No. Like all fighting games would be that, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're assuming single player. Do
3: we have Not three player. questions left, Damon? You have two questions and a guess. Shoot.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <clears throat> um,
3: is it helpful to know we don't know that it's a platformer or like a two D side scroller?
4: Yeah, I I'm just assuming assumed. that. Yeah. Uh,
1: let's let's go down the ninja path. There is a yeah. ninja in the game. Maybe it's like a boss or a singular enemy.
3: And it is hard mode, so it's probably unlikely to be Katana Zero or something that's like a little bit more well known. Kitty
4: agrees. <laughs> um i i
2: actually don't know if we, you you actually kill stuff in this game
1: um it's not
2: narrative though so would it be maybe it's a puzzle a ninja in it
1: yeah could it be that
2: game that put a ninja and not fight yeah like that puzzle fighter type stuff what's the what's the bubble bubble puyo puyo type thing does that have
4: characters in it yeah. we'll bust a move uh,
1: i kind of uh, want to ask if we've reviewed the game
2: oh yeah that's a good one
1: because if we didn't then surely just far more obscure yeah
2: yeah, yeah
3: that's
1: or great. if it was go well far. received
3: yeah you, you should go. ask if we reviewed it i think that's good, that's good.
1: okay do, do we <laughs> yes look at of course we didn't
3: <laughs> oh please <laughs> <laughs> kitty just wait i, I hope we did Should we ask if it's a spooky game?
1: You, I think you asked. Oh wait, you asked that the last round.
2: Okay. Yes. We reviewed it. I, IGN did review it. Should we ask if Tom Marks reviewed it? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Probably. Can we phone a friend?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. If we guess the reviewer, can we call the reviewer? (laughs) It could still. We
1: should have one of those options for hard modes:
2: phone a friend or whatever. Pretty cute. Like what it. is the name of that game?
3: I think it's probably that game. Which one? The one the one that has both 8-bit and 16-bit modes in it. Kitty.
2: Is this a platformer?
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, that I'm, brings us so to our guess. Now we have to guess. Your hint is that this is a super Dami game. I played the heck out of it, but yeah. I'm probably the only one of us that did. Yeah. What was <laughs> the one... I mean...
3: Well, it's not the one that you reviewed, Damon, reviewed. You reviewed that eShop game not too long ago, Damon, that had an 8-bit art style. But you would not have to hesitate to know whether we reviewed it if you reviewed it.
1: No, we all, no. We all forget what <laughs> games we've reviewed before, for sure. Mm-hmm. On this show, no less.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember Damon liking a game like this and knowing about it. I just don't remember it at all. The one I, I'm thinking of Panzer Paladin, but Damon,
3: Damon would have. It's not Panzer Paladin. Damon, did you review Panzer Paladin? No, Seth did. It might be Panzer Paladin. I don't know if that game has a ninja.
4: What about? As- um,
2: it, oh man, no, it's not that. Because that would be obvious. I think. I think we. Because I'm thinking of roguelikes, like Dead Cells and stuff like that. So it's not that. Could um, be Dead Cells. Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah, that's it's a roguelike though. A rogue-like. Um. Yeah. I. I think we have to give this one up. Mm-hmm. Shall I reveal it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do we don't want to guess?
0: Just I don't have to throw something out there. Well, I mean, is it Katana Zero? No. Okay. It is not. Rip. Uh, released in 2015. Developed oh, by Free Lives, the South African studio Free Lives, which also did genital jousting oh, and the have. VR game Gorn. And this game was published by Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. It what? is a run and gun platformer called Broforce. Oh, Right. I remember
2: right. seeing
1: that name. Yeah, I it's, remember seeing it at a PAX or something.
2: It's like a Contra-like?
0: Yes, but that like really leans into 80s action hero uh, tropes and characters that are very literally based on 80s action heroes. There's like uh, BroboCop, Conan the Brobarian, Bromando, it's all What's like... What's up with that. the ninja? They're like, <laughs> it's like there's Chuck Norris in there, there's Van Damme in there, so... One of those guys has got to be a ninja. In those
2: aren't ninjas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's, you don't even know uh, Bruce, for sure
3: that there's a ninja.
0: There's Bruce Lee in there too. There's got to be a ninja in there. I'm, 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 I'm confident there's a ninja in Broforce somewhere. Cause there's so many different characters.
3: Okay. Yeah, I didn't play it. I looped that game in with like, uh, what was it like, Super Time Force, and like those, the, yeah. like the, those games had like a resurgence there for a hot second.
0: Yeah, for sure. And the Messenger is the game you're thinking of that switches between eight and sixteen bit styles. That's right. Lording it over us. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there you go. Now you uh, two of us have seven minutes to do whatever they Look want with before,
2: yeah. before. Great.
0: Before their three thirty meeting. Uh, everybody, please be excited for next week's Game Spook episode, episode six hundred. Uh, apparently, um, uh, Sam will have another tea scoop for us. But that is all the scoops that I have for you this week. Thank you to Tina. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Borba. Uh, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ijin.com my name is Damon, this is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out